today we are here with Stephen. In honor of today's guest and in remembrance of all of the times my father uh, punished me with soap in the mouth, I am going to try my hardest to keep today's episode clean and not use any bad words. Uh, Mark the time and the date, listeners. Let's see how long it takes for me to break that. And Jennifer. Hi, guys. So to start off, Jennifer, why don't we have you introduce yourself, your house, your Patronus, and your favorite character? All right. So hello, everybody. My name is Jennifer, and I am the owner and creator of the Soapy Cauldron Shop. Uh, I am a Ravenclaw and very proud of it. My Patronus is a Greyhound, which I am sad to say I had to look up. And my favorite character, honestly, is Luna. I feel like she's really misunderstood, and I can relate to her a lot. What would you say is like the most in Europe, like from your reading experience and viewing experience, what, what is most misunderstood about Luna? I feel like she is a lot smarter than people give her credit for. You know, like when you first meet her on the surface, you're kind of curious as to why she even got put in Ravenclaw, but she's very deep. You know, she looks beyond the surface and she's kind of like, she reads your soul. So I just, I love her so much. Where does your Harry Potter story start? Um, do you do you remember the first time you picked up the book or turned on the movie? Uh, where does your journey begin? Absolutely. So I'm in my 30s and I feel like most people my age, we started when Harry started. I can remember specifically being in 10th grade. So I was a little bit older than Harry, but I was in 10th grade and we had this program called Accelerated Reader and we had to read, you know, so many points a year. And I was like, I love to read. What can I read that's going to get me a lot of points really quickly? And somebody told me about Harry Potter and I was like, well, this seems really fun. And I'm telling you from the first page, I was hooked. I can remember when Amazon was first getting started and that's when the last book had came out. I was in college and I can remember just waiting for my Amazon package to arrive because there was no prime back then. And I could not wait to finish up the series of the Deathly Hallows. And I cried and I cried, but it was just, you know, I think most people in their thirties, we started at the beginning with him. I'm curious because I, and this is not Danny, I promise this is not me leading towards me digging on your age. So I am in my mid twenties. And so when I was reading the books, I very much was in like second, third, fourth, fifth grade, right. Going, you know, kind of in that same progression, given that the series, and I don't look, I host a Harry Potter podcast. I obviously don't believe this myself, but given that many people call Harry Potter a kid's book, like what was it? Like if you're in 10th grade when like, I guess, you know, traditionally in quotes you probably progressed beyond like those types of books what was it about the series that really left an impression on you and really you know hooked you the magic honestly it was the magic you know like I can remember reading the book and forgetting that I was actually in my living room reading the book like I was in the story I was in the Gryffindor common room like it is so vivid you are truly picturing every single word that you're reading so that is what hooked me you know like I was 14 15 years old reading about 11 year old but it was the magic and 
just the imagery that she writes that just completely sucked me in. You're not our first person to have said that they kind of found the books through the point system. Now that's not something I had. So I'm not, I'm aware of it because I helped label for it in the, like after I was out of school for like a volunteer thing. But multiple of people said that they have found the books because they were looking for that high point. Yep. Book to get. It was, it was because uh, back then, you know, books were like four or five points, but the first Harry Potter book was like 14 or 15 points. And then, um, well, see, that's the thing. When I got started reading into Harry Potter, all of the books weren't out yet. So we had to wait for the books to come out. So I finished high school before, but I think I was able to read up through um, the Goblet of Fire before I finished high school. I think those were all out. I graduated in 2004. So y'all could fact check me on that. I don't remember. But um, but like the fourth book was worth 60 something points. So I was like flying through them. You would have graduated with the fourth book coming out because I graduated 2004 and I remember getting five through seven throughout my college years. Yep. Perfect. So I I thought I was right on that. And I can remember, like I was saying, you know, Amazon wasn't really huge like it is now. And we had to wait for the books to come out. It was so stressful. I remember there was a year and I think it was the final book and Amazon Prime wasn't a thing yet, but Amazon was like, we will guarantee delivery on published date. date. Yes, and that was I a huge deal. Like yes, it was a no. very big deal. Cause all of a sudden we're like, Oh, I don't have, not that I don't want to go wait at midnight at a store, but at this point I am in college and I don't necessarily have the time exactly for a midnight release. And Amazon's promising to put it on my doorstep. And they did, they came through. I can yeah. remember. Yeah, I was I was nervous. I remember being so nervous about like if it doesn't show up, I have to go have a second copy because Same. I can't have my other. My, I have I, to know what happened, and I can't let other people spoil it for me. No, yep. Same. Stephen had a Daisy. <laughs> yeah, they were all done by the time you came around. You didn't have to wait for anything. Oh no, no. He had to no, wait no. a little. Let's think about this. Let me let me do some mental math here, which is not my strong suit. <laughs> I think I recall. I think the I recall reading. I I got them through the Scholastic Book Fairs in elementary school. That's how I remember getting the series. Um, I must have been in second grade when I picked up the first book, um, but I was in second grade in two thousand one nine eleven. Um, so I was a little bit after, I think it was like, uh, one through four were out, um, one through three, one through four were out when I first picked up the series. And then I had to wait along with the rest, uh, because thank you very much. Um, we used to go to the Jersey shore every summer and there was one bookstore on the boardwalk and everyone would line up for hours that morning, uh, every day, every year in July when the books would come out. And while everyone else was out having fun in the sun, I was sitting on the beach, like furiously reading through Harry Potter, um, which is uh, what every, you know, teenage boy at the beach loves to do. Am I right? <laughs> I, I request that as of any future episodes beyond this to not talk about what years you did things, Stephen. Hey, I didn't bring it up. Second, second grade. <laughs> I, I didn't bring it up. Thank you very much. Usually that is my fault, but I, that was not mine. No, that was um, not yours, but that was a little painful. So then <laughs> when you went to college, 
was Harry Potter in any way, shape, or form an identifying characteristic for you? So I'm thinking maybe some of the listeners will be familiar. There's a podcast called Binge Mode that Danny and I both love, and we credit as inspirational to what we do here. Um, and one of the hosts of Binge Mode, Mal, had talked a lot about when she went to Syracuse, how, you know, she like found like groups of people in college who also loved Harry Potter and they talked about it all the time. And because it was coming out while she was still in school, it was still super relevant. Um, was Harry Potter like a thing for you going through school? No, I went to a very small high school and then um, not a giant college. Um, I think there's like 14,000 students, which sounds, you know, big, but we have way bigger schools out there. And um, surprisingly enough, you don't know this, but I'm kind of shy. So I just kind of went to school and came home. I wish I could have been more like Harry, you know, and been braver, but no, I just kind of, unfortunately, just kept to myself. (laughs) I don't know if being like Harry is necessarily aspirational though, because like if you think about it, of all the kids at that school, there are three, because Harry and Ron and Hermione by extension, who are constantly under the threat of death. Whereas like the rest of the students, I'm sure there are some brave ones out there. They're not getting, you know, threatened to be captured, taken hostage, murdered, dismembered at any, you know, like they had like a fairly normal school experience. Um, but if you're also looking at it that way, Hermione struggled to make friends in the beginning until a troll nearly killed her. <laughs> so on the other end, us shy kids could have easily ended up in the same situation. Also, for all the kids listening, um, the the lesson of how Hermione got friends is she lied. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if your parents are out there telling you to tell the truth all the time... And you're wondering why that's not so fun? Just try lying. That's a please, that's, please don't listen to him. That is some patented <laughs> advice from Muggle and Khakis. You can stamp of approval on it, baby. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. She lied to McGonagall, and that's how their friendship was cemented forever. No, she took up for them in front of McGonagall. So she cemented All herself right. and elevated herself in their eyes. Is that is that like me saying I'm balding or I'm sparsely haired? I mean, come on. We're we're just we're playing with words here. <laughs> the motivation is different though. She didn't lie at maliciously. I'm not saying lie maliciously. I'm just saying a lie here and there is fine. You're the <laughs> one who added on malicious. <laughs> so from the <laughs> From being a fan of Harry Potter, so you have created this online business. Where did that come from? Oh, it's not as interesting as I would like for it to be, to be honest. Um, I watch too many YouTube videos that I would imagine a lot of us nowadays watch. And one of my favorite creators is um, Katie Carson from Royalty Soaps. She makes soap and she makes them absolutely gorgeous. And after watching a hundred-ish videos, I thought to myself, you know, I really feel like I could do this. So I tried it. And of course it was terrible. And I was like, you know, it's kind of expensive to buy soap material. So I'm going to try this again because I feel like I can do this. So I tried it again and it worked perfectly. And I thought to myself, how can I make this different? You know, how can I make this unique? Because a lot of people make soap And a lot of people like soap, but how can I stand out? And of course, I love 
Harry Potter. And I was like, what if I can make these magical? You know, what if I can take these soap creations and make them look like little people, little Harry's and little Ron's. And so I tried it. And now every single soap that I create has some form of Harry Potter inspiration behind it. Even if it's a muggle themed soap, it's still, it's still Harry Potter. How did you get your start in terms of building your audience? Because certainly now your community is like robust and just thriving, right? You've got more than 1,000 five-star reviews. A couple hundred people have favorited your shop on Etsy. Uh, One of my favorite reviews that I saw from Semi recently was, uh, it is a very nice scent and I am having the boyfriend use it so he can smell nice for me. (laughs) Um, So, but like, Uh, that doesn't happen from day one, right? Obviously you put in a lot of time and effort uh, to get to where you are today. How do we get to where we are today? So I started to post on Instagram and Facebook and we, I didn't even realize this, you know, I was kind of shy and, you know, I'm not ashamed of my Harry Potter love, but it's not something that, you know, I broadcast, but we have a huge community on Instagram and they are amazing supporters. And so I want to say the first uh, couple soaps and, you know, I do a hashtag of Harry Potter and, you know, something along those lines, people flocked to it. And then I connected with other creators on Instagram, like one of my absolute favorites. I don't know if you know her, but um, JC from the Witty Hufflepuff, love her, love her guts. She became one of my reps and so she would post and she would share her content is incredible. And honestly, I feel like JC in my corner is where everything took off. Yeah, we had JC. JC was on like first couple months of the pod. I was going to say she has to be one of the original like 15 episodes or so. Yeah, she's early on in the episodes. Um. Where do your, because you all, your soaps all do have a Harry Potter inspiration. Where do you get your ideas from? Do you get your ideas from going to a gelato shop? Because if you look at some of the photos where like you zoom in enough to where all you can see are kind of like the the bumpy tops of the soaps, it looks like I'm looking at like gelato from a gelato (laughs) shop. So I actually, I do farmer's markets on the weekend, um, like locally. And a lot of the kids will be like, ice cream. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think you'll like it. But, you know, they're like, mom, ice cream. And so I have to tell them it's soap. And then just they make a face. But um, no, that's most of the time, especially like with my characters, that's supposed to be their, you know, their hair. Um, But it just kind of you do it the same way as you would ice a cake. You just wait till your soap batter hardens up a little bit. And then you use the same stuff you use with a cake, you know, you pipe it. Um, But I just wanted to, you know, I just feel like those are prettier and not a lot of people make that style. And so like with the houses and the, the characters, I try to use that. um, I call it frosted soap. So I try to go with, with those for those prettier um, soaps. Do you put a disclaimer on your soaps that they're not edible for people that are in their mid twenties that may mistake things for food? No, 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 no. Look, so so, no, where is it? It's not in front of me. I can't grab it now. I had friends who bought me wax melts and I did not know what wax melts were. Um, (laughs) And they bought me wax melts that were in the shape of Oreos and cinnamon rolls or whatever and 
they got lost in the mail for like a month in the middle of December in New England. So when they arrived, I assumed, oh, they are all hardened because like cold travel, whatever. So it's, it's, she's being an ass, but it is a good question. Um, talk to us. I, I, I was going to ask about what cold process means. So I guess generally speaking, talk to us about some of the technical side of all of these soaps. All right. So I will tell you that I don't have a disclaimer on my soaps, but JC, and I can't even remember if it's Bonnie or Sunny that run um, Muggle Style, but they have this running joke that my soaps look so good. They just want to lick it. So we do make a disclaimer. Don't lick it. <laughs> don't, don't lick it. But cold process is um, there's two types of, well, there's technically three types of soaps you can make. Melt and pour, which is soap that's already ready for you. You just kind of melt it, add your fragrances and color, and then you pour it into whatever mold. Then they had cold process, which is what I do. And what you do for that is you take um, oils and you put them, you melt them until they're liquid form. And then you take lye, which is sodium hydroxide, and you mix that into water and you make like a lye water solution. And then you pour that into your bucket of oils. And then you, you, you need to use an emulsion blender, like a stick blender. Um, but once you do that for about 15 to 20 seconds, the soap process starts. It's called saponification. And then from there, you can add color and add fragrance, and then you pour it into your mold. And you do all of this, I'm going to use quotes, cold. There's no like real heat involved, except for when the lye hits the oils, it does kind of heat up your, I call it soap batter. But Hot process is the third kind of soap that you can make. And so what you do is you actually have to go through the cold process first, put it into a mold, let it harden. And then once it finishes hardening, you will cut it all up in small pieces and then put it in a crock pot to heat it up versus, you know, which is hot process. The difference between cold process and hot process really is another step with hot process, but with Hot process soap, it's instantly ready the minute you take it out of the mold, whereas cold process needs to cure uh, for about two to four weeks. Yeah, fun scientific stuff. <laughs> when you create your fragrances, do you have like a list or do you like play potions class and just experiment to figure out what you're aiming for? So the first thing that I do is I think of what I'm, for example, Hufflepuff. I was thinking of their house is near the kitchens. They're just so fun and loyal and friendly. I was trying to think of something that had like a spicy kitchen scent, but also like a nice mellow, you know, unisex scent. And so I chose teakwood and cardamom because it has like a little bit of both. But then for Harry, I went through a couple different ones for him because I wanted to try to find something that really appealed to everybody, but he still smelled kind of like a guy. So he is a blend of crisp juniper and like a lemony scent. Like he smells in a pine. He's kind of like a little bit of everything. But in order to find the fragrance, I truly just figure out where my inspiration is coming from. I have a soap that's based on the Howler and that scent is like cracked peppercorn. So it's got like a red berry undertone, but it's still kind of spicy. 
But then with Ron, I didn't know what Ron could smell like. So he has orange hair and he smells like oranges. You know, it's kind of, I'm all over the place. (laughs) Ron would smell like sweat and like a very subtle kind of mothball kind of smell. It almost (laughs) pulls your second hand. Which is also not what we want in soap. I'm I'm not suggesting it as a product. (laughs) I'm just saying that's what I think Ron would smell like. I also thought about when uh, in the movie, when Hermione is describing uh, what she smells when she smells the potion, how she smells like fresh cut grass and parchment and uh, toothpaste. I thought about that, but I was like, "Mm, that's a lot. So we'll just stick with orange. Also, I don't think Ron would ever figure out how to use a lawnmower. (laughs) I don't think Ron would figure out how to use soap. Like if we're just being real about it, <laughs> which you know, don't I'm not going to get started on the whole. We never want to see them bathe throughout. Not that we need to see them bathe like like explicitly in the text, but there's never like a throwaway line to end the chapter where it's like, and Harry and Ron headed off to the showers. It's like no, it's just like they just smell for seven years. No, Harry took a bath in the Goblet of Fire. Okay, he took one bath because it was a <laughs> plot point. That's it. <laughs> And Oliver Wood drowned himself in the showers after uh, they lost the Quidditch match to Hufflepuff. And like, that's it. That's it. (laughs) We know they have bathrooms. We just don't ever hear about them using them. Well, we know there's public bathrooms. We're never once told there's like a bathroom bathing shower type situation in the common room. True. Very true. Just very bizarre. For all of her faults, and boy, are there many, J.K.R. built a pretty illustrative world. Um, She kind of missed out on the whole, like, hygiene side of things. It was magic. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But, like, brings up a lot of questions, because, like, if there isn't any in the common room, but they get in trouble if they leave the common room after hours... True. Makes you think things you don't think about as a child when you're reading the books, but things that adults think about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Do you have a favorite soap you have created thus far? Probably. Let me think. I have a lot. Honestly, I'll tell you the truth. I love it's very plain, but I love the butterbeer Uh, inspired soap that I make. And the reason that I love it is because of the scent that I use. So it used to be called butterbeer, but I guess they got in trouble. And so now they've changed the fragrance and I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I'm sure y'all have been many times to Universal and y'all have tried butterbeer. This is literally the frozen butterbeer with cream on top in a scent form. Like it smells so good. So it's a very plain bar of soap. It's just brown with frosting on top and a paper straw sticking out of it. Cause I tried to mimic, you know, a butterbeer, a glass of butterbeer, but the scent is probably the reason why I just love it so much. So I'm just like scrolling through your page right now and your shapes are similar, but then you have like these random, like, here's a cupcake. Oh, I I, tr- I experimented with uh, soap cupcakes one time 
I don't make them very often. It takes a lot of soap and they're not as popular as bar soaps, but like the little kids, the little kids love them. Yes. No, I am a huge fan. I love all the swirling and the patterning. And so when you are creating an idea, are you like rereading the books and something pops out or how do you go when you're like, what is your process when you're releasing a new product? So right now I am working on all of the Horcruxes. So I come up with an idea of like something I want to do. And then I go back into the books and I make sure that I don't confuse myself between what happened in the book and what happened in the movie, because like, let's be real, the books are better. And, you know, I want to make sure that the movie didn't twist it. So I always go back. And um, so like, for example, the Horcrux series, I have some stamps that I bought. Um, There is a Etsy shop called Rock and Roberts Designs. He makes all the stamps. So I'll come up with a plan and then I will see if I need to have like any embellishments for my soap. Um, so the first one that I did in the series was Tom Riddle's diary. And so I wanted to go back to the books to figure out which Horcrux we saw in order. And you don't realize it. And I hope this isn't a spoiler uh, for anybody. I would hope they have all caught up on their Harry Potter, but you don't realize it at the time, but the first Horcrux you actually besides Harry, you actually see is uh, Tom Riddle's diary. So I made a plain black soap and I have embellished corners and then Tom Riddle, uh, Tom Marvolo Riddle at the bottom stamped in gold. And then, you know, I got to think about, okay, well, I don't want it to smell like a dirty, musty book. So what would appeal to people? So it smells like spiced leather. So we kind of get both of those things. So I come up with an idea. I make sure that I'm not remembering incorrectly or remembering something from the movie. And then I see if I need to add any embellishments. And then I pick my colors and I pick my scent and then magic happens. (laughs) What is the turnaround time on developing like a new, a new scent, right? Is this something that like, Hey, this takes a month. Hey, this takes six months. You know, like, like what, how do you, where do you go from ideation all the way up to putting it live for sale on your Etsy? So it usually takes, it depends. If I'm just making a soap that's plain and I do swirls, that's going to take me two to four weeks just because it takes me 20, 30 minutes to actually make the soap and then two to four weeks to let it cure. But if I need to, like the Horcrux, um, for that particular series, some of the stamps that I'm going to use in later bars, I'm having to work with the Etsy shop owner to 3D print them. And so we kind of go back and forth as to the designs that I want to use. And so that takes a couple of months. And then every once in a while, I get ambitious and I shoot a YouTube video about it. So that also takes a while. So if it's a simple bar that I'm not going to embellish, two to four weeks. If it's something that's in a series or that I need special products for in order to make it a couple of months, two-ish, two months probably. So I know you said you have the Horcrux series you are developing. Um, 
over the course of the rest of this year, you know, looking forward, God forbid we look forward after the past, you know, 18 months we've had in this country, um, into 2022 and beyond, like, what, what are you looking forward to um, with the Sophie Colton shop? Um, more Etsy sales. I like the Etsy sales because I don't have to pack everything up and go out in the heat and sit out there. Um, so more online sales honestly would be great because it's just easier. And I also feel like I can hit a wider market and then, you know, falling in love all over again with the series again and again, like, I think we all at this point with the pandemic and everything else, like we need a little magic. We need a little escape, you know, like I think that's what Harry Potter is for me, for sure. And the soapy cauldron is just, you know, a fun way to capture that. Would you ever consider doing like Harry Potter conventions or would you rather just stick with like online as much as you can? No, I would love to do, they had one, um, I saw it's a tattoo artist that I follow on Instagram. Um, they had one in like Memphis or somewhere in Tennessee and it looked incredible. Like I, I would love to do something like that. Cause those are, you know, those are my people. I don't have to be like one of the things that when I do farmer's markets, you know, I can kind of tell if they know Harry Potter, if they like Harry Potter. And so our thing that we say is like, well, if you don't know Harry Potter, it's still just a bar of soap. But, you know, a Harry Potter convention, like there's going to be no question. And one of my favorite things is seeing a true fan come up to my booth at the farmer's markets and they can tell me each individual soap and tell me the story without me even having to explain, oh, well, this one's, you know, based on butterbeer and this one's based on Ron. I had one, one time I made from the Beau Batten's dress. Like that was the inspiration from it. And she's like, oh, is this from the French school? And I was like, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's really neat to see like true fans. And I know that a Harry Potter convention, that's where they're at. <laughs> Very much so. The marketplace is always full of people. So maybe in the future we can see you at a convention once they start again. Letting this happen. Yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm ready. Let's do this. (laughs) Favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie. Um, I actually like the. I'm trying to think. It's Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I like both of them, the movie and the book. Those are my favorites, probably just because of all the romance, honestly. But it's not my least favorite, but the saddest part of the whole series also happens in there. I think, to be honest, the least favorite book and least favorite movie is uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. To me, it's just kind of boring it's kind of dull especially the the movie it's very dark and and I'm not saying like it's you know dark but like the picture itself like it's you know it's always dark and dreary and I just it's not as much magic or fun what I find interesting about you liking both Half-Blood Prince the book and the movie is earlier you very intentionally said a couple times that you are meticulous about sourcing your ideas from the books rather than the movies so that you're not misremembering something that they put on screen versus in the pages, which then if I'm, you know, making a further assumption there, 
means to me that you care a lot about like the accuracy of the books. And, and where I'm going with this is for me, Half-Blood Prince is one of the ones that they really changed a lot from book to movie. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but they changed a lot. Um, so I find that interesting. I'm not really sure if I have a question there so much as just a general musing, but uh, yeah. Well, to me, it's more the romance, you know, not like all the the details. Like, I feel like that's kind of like where the romance is all started. And, um, and I don't know if we're going to need to edit this part out, but I can't remember if that is the movie and maybe shame on me, if that's the movie that the burrow burns down. Yep. That's the one. Okay. I hate that. Like what? When I, when I saw that, I was like, what, what just happened? This, yeah, there was also they can just straight up put it back together. I mean, yeah. So like, what was the point of that? There's none. There's none. Yeah. So I really hated that. That was just unnecessary, <laughs> but yeah, it was the romance for me more than anything in the Half-Blood Prince. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, besides Harry Potter, I am all about a romance genre. So <laughs> if you could create any class at Hogwarts, what would it be? Any class at Hogwarts, created or attended? Create it Ooh, and attend both. Let's go both. I would want to attend Transfiguration. I would love to turn myself or other more others into things. That would be really fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that you could take at Hogwarts. What what did they? What would they not have? Maybe we could do a soap making class. They didn't really have that. They didn't need it because you know it's magic. But it would be fun. An arts and crafts. They they miss out on the arts and <laughs> basic life skills classes. Yes, yes. And honestly, I mean, if we're talking opinions, Peeves the Poltergeist. Uh, where is he in any of the movies? He was one of my, he was one of my favorites. He's hysterical and he's just gone, gone forever. Poor peeves. Maybe when someone creates new content and eventually redoes the books that is bound to happen at some point in the future, peeves will make an appearance back into it. I hope so. Cause he was, he was funny. <laughs> Since we did talk, mention that, and there are rumors of new content, what subject matter or thing would you like to see added into the wizarding world for future content or side story that you would just love to see done? I honestly would love to see more of them now, like them as adults, them working their regular lives because people that grew up with them, you know, we're adults now. Well, I mean, you're an adult too, but you know, some of us are in our thirties and you know, he's what, 40, 41, 42. Like what, what's he doing now? Like, that's what I'd like to see. Are him and Jenny still together? Ron and Hermione. I mean, is the romance still going? Is it still alive? You know, that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> Have they been fired yet from judgment of hiring them as an or just because they <laughs> want to battle? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Harry and Hermione are well accomplished and have every right to be working at the ministry in whatever role they desire. Ron, on the other hand. He just gets lucky. <laughs> yeah, he got the job because he was friends with the guy. 
Then he, of course, he quit the job to go help run the joke shop. So, you know, he went from like hanger on who got super lucky to be in this like supposedly highly prestigious like law enforcement role at the ministry to then being like the bookkeeper at a store. Um, I don't think a bookkeeper would be a good choice. Like, and how long does his brother put up with him before he's like, this this wasn't a good choice. Yeah, but let's not let's not lump Hermione and no, Harry. No, no, Her- Hermione knows her stuff. Wrong. Yeah, and like Harry, say what you will about circumstance dictating a lot of his a lot of his success. He still got pretty dang. Almost said it. Almost broke my promise. He got pretty dang good at defense against the dark arts and has a good kind of instinct for all that. So. I'm willing to believe that he would be a highly successful or if for no other reason than his reputation alone would get him pretty far in terms of commanding respect and fear. I also feel like Kingsley would have just been like, we'll show you the ropes. Like we need this department to be good when I leave. Let me show you the ropes a bit. Yep. Shadow me, see how it's done and then make it yours. Well, so you heard my favorite book and movie what is your favorite book and movie oh god is this a very long no i have no confidence in my ability to give the same answer now that i inevitably (laughs) gave at some point in the past well we can scrap that (laughs) no it's fine i'm gonna do it anyway but inevitably there's gonna be some listeners like you said last time you preferred this one and you know what the only shock will be is if at one point you say your favorite movie is goblet of fire no that movie sucks um (laughs) and the hair the hair uh, i mean can we get a haircut please yeah that was bad um (laughs) um um favorite book has to be goblet or half-blood prince favorite movie kind of like dogecoin Deathly Hallows Part 1 has been kind of rising to the moon in my heart. Um, So I'm pretty high on HP7P1 right now. Uh, Least favorite book? uh, I I guess Chamber? I don't know. Yeah, I guess Chamber. And least favorite movie is Goblet of Fire because it's just horrendous by any measurable metric i loved the burrow part of chamber of secrets like i loved how you got to see like an actual you know wizard house and so that's one of the reasons why i really loved that book but and i also feel like that's you know the first true i guess challenge for harry in a way you know like that's when it really turns the whole the whole story really turns for me anyways which totally fair and my least favorite as danny is so fond of copy outing it's just the one i'm not returning to with like the most energy when i reread the series um at the end of the day i have no strong amounts of of loathing for any of the books um for the movies i have strong loathing for most of them <laughs> yeah they just don't do it justice no they don't i had this debate with a friend of mine this weekend who isn't a harry potter guy where it's like, like the Deathly Hallows Part Two. If you don't care about like the books and like the canon, is a phenomenal movie because it's like an action movie, 
and it's got all this great special effects and all this great kind of culmination of story and all this stuff going for it. But if you even read the book once, you're like, oh, this this is this is not that. What are your favorite books and movies? So my, the third book has always been one of my favorite books. And in the last few years, I have re-listened to the books and reread certain books, but not a whole reread. So I've just started a reread. I'm only on book one. So I'm curious to see if that changes now that I'm older, but I've always loved book three. And it's, then, so, it's so crazy how we all have, you know, different opinions because even the book, I was just not, you know, if, when I reread the series, I, I kind of skipped through that one. I just, I just don't, I just didn't love it. You know, there wasn't as much action. There wasn't as much magic to me. What did you like? What makes you love it? I love Sirius Black and Lupin well, and it's kind of their intro to them, but like book two was the one that felt like a skip over to me. And like younger, I did not like movie three because it, it is. is my favorite book. I appreciate it for what it is now. But when it came out, I was like, that is not my favorite book on screen. I was so like annoyed with it. But I'm curious to see how my perspectives change now that I'm actually, and I'm not doing the audio version. I'm, I'm not forcing myself. It's not like it's a, no, it's not a chore. I, yeah, like I, I am physically reading the books. Um, not so much my original copy, my newer copy, because the originals are all falling to pieces. <laughs> so they've been retired to look pretty on a shelf. Someone asked me the other day if they could borrow my books. And I was like, no, no, go to the library. No, you're not getting that. There's certain, yeah, there's certain books I will allow people to borrow. I have that collections one that I don't let people borrow. And I have a few other collections that I'm like, not going to happen. No, no, you don't remember what it's like literally waiting on the mail for this book to come in. No, you don't, you don't get to borrow this book. And I know how you are with books. I'll never see it again. You don't deserve this book. <laughs> so yeah, those ones don't get borrowed out. My Twilight series doesn't get borrowed out. I'm not as attached to them, but mine are autographed. So I get really like, don't touch them. Yeah. I love Twilight too. And I just bought Midnight Sun well, nice. last year. I think it came out last year. Yeah, it was like oh, last yeah. year. I haven't finished it yet. Well, this may need to be also edited out, but I was such into that, that they had released like 10 or so copies of, I mean, 10 or so chapters of Midnight Sun, like a long time ago. Oh, I have it saved on my computer still. From when okay. I released I was it. Say, and I read all of that. And when that, when I heard that they I was in college, I was like, oh. yeah, um, I, well, what I was doing was when it came out, I wanted to reread Twilight. And then read, and yeah. Hair. yeah the same. I did that too. So, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. We're allowed to divulge, like divert. There are things we're passionate about. That's it's what we still like. magic. Still we magic. love discussing things that we're passionate about and enjoy. So one of the things that I completely forgot to tell you, but based on this conversation, you have the skill set to do it. We like shouting out creators and you've already shouted out quite a few tonight. Do you have anyone else that you would just like to shout out because you're loving their content or you just love what they do? 
Yes, there is another one that I absolutely love. Um, her name is Kendi Claw. She is on Instagram and she collects Harry Potter pops. And she also makes um, embroidery, like embroidery hoops. And she does a lot of Harry Potter themed ones. And I don't, I hope I'm not spoiling this, uh, Kendall. I hope it's not a secret, but she just made the most incredible hand stitched howler. It is gorgeous and it matches my howler soap. So it's really pretty. And I'm planning to send her a howler soap soon. So hopefully we can get a really nice picture of it side by side. And there is another one that I also love. And her name is Magical Mama and Sons. Um, her real name is Kat, but her content is incredible. It's with her. And I think she has one or two kids. I can't remember. But they go to, they live really, really close to Universal and she goes all the time and she has the best, best pictures on Instagram. I love her. She's so talented. Kendall, she's great. And she does really cute little uh, Funko Pop uh, pictures too. Steven, who are your shout outs for the week? How many shout outs do you think I have this week? We'll start there. You're, you do really well with having three. That seems to be a common number for you. Fair enough. That's exactly how many I have. First goes to EJ Schwartz, who I've mentioned before in this podcast, uh, one of my very best friends, author Before We Were Blue, comes out September 14th, ejschwartz.com. EJ just graduated uh, her MFA program, um, which is wild to me because I distinctly recall when she was applying and when she started the program. I also distinctly recall when she was like two years old. So, you know, Time is a social construct, but point is, congratulations, DJ. Super happy for you. We are planning to have EJ on the podcast just as soon as Danny gets me a list of questions, um, which has yet to occur. I had to get a dig in there. It's, of course, what EJ was shouted out this week. I'd also like to shout out Arista from Arista's Pensive on Instagram. Tons of cool photos. Ravenclaw with just a lot of great, uh, oh, I don't know, photo terms. Flat lays, I, think, I believe that's the term. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, Arista from Arista's Pensieve. And then the final shout out goes to the people who are changing my life on a daily basis now, even though they do not personally know it. They, of course, would be Momo, Ivana Lynch, Robbie Jarvis, and Tyler Starr from the Chick Peeps podcast. Um, which is an award-winning vegan podcast. We just had Tyler Starr on the pod. You will remember that conversation, listeners, of course. Um, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great podcast. I really don't have much else to say about it than like I'm voluntarily promoting another podcast on here, which y'all know I don't really do. But it's just good, and it 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 makes me think, and it makes me laugh, and they just have a great flow and bond i'm only you know halfway through season one so i still have a long ways to go yet but they're crushing it and so uh shouts to you all eat your veggies not your friends it's okay to be vegan the chick peeps i could do the theme song in my head it's fine i'm done uh, muggle and khakis out <laughs> well i am gonna shout out one of our many friends named amanda uh, this one is Live Life Full of Magic. I actually ran into her while at Disney this weekend at my favorite waffle stand that has delicious food. So I'm going to shout her out at Live Life Full of Magic. And then Jennifer, 
why don't you shout out where people can find you? Okay. I'm on Etsy. Obviously that's probably the easiest way. If you want one of my soaps, it's um, you can just go to Etsy and then type in all one word, the soapy cauldron shop, but I'm also on Instagram at the soapy cauldron shop. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, I think on Facebook, I am at the soapy cauldron shop. So any three of those, you can find me, talk to me, interact with me. Love to hear from y'all. Yes. Go buy some soap. You don't smell like Ron. (laughs) No, you want to smell like Harry or Butterbeer. Ron, he's all right, but he's more oranges than real good smells. (laughs) And that is our pod. Thank you for joining us, Jennifer. Well, thanks for having me. Now, listen to their minds, I'm going to bed. So I'm going to come up with another clever idea to get us killed. What? Expelled.